Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says, promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co-host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random Acts of Podcast on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by betonline.ag and the FFPC. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, joined as always by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at rotoviz.com. Sean, how are you doing as the week is going along here? Excellent, it's been so much fun to be participating in all these drafts that are going right now. I feel like I've been on the clock almost every minute of the last two weeks. That's where I like to be, that's where the fun is. Certainly I hope our listeners are out there drafting as well. Uh, as we now are, are into June and and just it feels like a few days away from training camps, things are starting to happen fast and furious. Yeah, and it's uh, for all the listeners out there as well, I guess. I hope everyone's doing well. It's a, it's a pretty crazy time in the world at the minute, uh, everywhere around the world. So um, hopefully everyone is doing well out there. As I mentioned at the start of the show, it is in partnership with the FFPC. And as always, Sean, we like to, to kick things off here with the FFPC stat attack. Well, we're going to be discussing some of Monty Fawn's work today. And Monty is one of the top players in all of high stakes. He's a former FFPC champion, has had a lot of success in a variety of their formats, Dynasty, Best Ball, certainly Redraft, where he was the overall first place finisher in the regular season of the main event. And so we, we really like to hear what Monty is doing. And he's had a chance to play in a lot of FFPC Dynasty leagues early so far this year. And he mentions in his work, the cost of these running backs in ffpc leagues being even higher than it is in the general market which like we talked about on tuesday has been very very high so i wanted to throw out this as the stat attack today foreshadowing his piece a little bit in ffpc dynasty leagues 19 of the first 36 picks are running backs We'll be talking more about Monty stuff a little bit later in the show. As I mentioned, the show brought to you by the FFPC, the home of the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Best Ball, Dynasty, and of course, the world-famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join a league today, head on over to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And of course, as we go through the show, we'll be talking about the tools on the site, a number of those on the website specifically for FFPC domination. Up for Sean today, we have Samuel Wallace. We've been talking about him. We talked about Jack uh, Miller earlier on this week's show. There's some fantastic young writers up on the website, and Sam Samuel is somebody who we've talked about on a number of occasions. He's looking at sophomore sensations, which second-year wide receivers are poised to have big 2020 seasons. We always look at that second year um, and how things can develop there. Last year, we've seen a lot of those guys break 
breakthrough. And then we also seen a, a, such an impressive rookie crop of wide receivers, maybe that we weren't expecting to be quite as productive as rookies, who uh, really, really did produce at a high level. Uh, and then we're talking about how they can jump forward this particular season coming. So we have AJ Brown, who has a current ADP of wide receiver 15, finished last year in PPR formats as a wide receiver 21. But if we do look at how his season went as a whole, uh, you know, kind of pre week 11 when they had the bye, he had one week where he would be classed as a top. Uh, 12 wide receiver wide receiver one overall when we go past that then from the bye week he had week 12 he had week 14 week 15 week 17 and week 16 was just a shade uh, below that as a wide receiver too so really finished the season in dominating style and we talked about him a lot last year towards the end of the year um, but just uh, incredible overall especially as i guess when when ryan Tannehill jumped into the the offense uh, he really started to come in to his own uh next up would be dk metcalf he is a wide receiver adp at the moment of wide receiver 20 finished last year as wide receiver 33 now come if you're comparing the situation um you know with what aj brown did we're having a different quarterback who obviously we all love russell wilson but we had Metcalf who flashed and had those splash plays, but only had one week where he was a wide receiver one on the season, two weeks as a wide receiver two. Didn't have the same finish down the stretch as we would have seen uh, out of um, Brown, but also had a, a strong playoffs as well. So there's, there's a couple of things there to factor in, but um, you know, not as a high-end splash um, as we had with uh, Brown on a consistent basis, but had those splash plays, I guess we'll call them, where maybe they, they got on those highlight reels. And then Terry McLaurin who I don't know if I can talk much more <laughs> about about McLaurin um wide receiver 24 in terms of ADP finished last year in PPR as wide receiver 29 McLaurin is somebody who I think is is poised for a big big breakout and um, Samuel talks about him here as well so a little bit similar um to Metcalf uh, he started the season very strong started off with uh, three wide receiver two weeks and um, then he had a wide receiver one week in week six then wide receiver one week all the way up to week 15 so there's quite a gap in the middle there where it wasn't clicking on all cylinders but finished out strong with a wide receiver uh, one and wide receiver two to finish it up but i think sean looking at those overall um the clear candidate has to be aj brown i think that goes in the way people are obviously taking him at wide receiver 15 overall but uh, out of uh, brown and then we have metcalf and McLaurin how would you be ranking those as your you know your draft targets heading into to the drafts at the current moment I think you got to be very excited about Metcalf when you look at that size speed combination but more importantly his quarterback right when you have what he can do physically and you have a quarterback and you really contrast that to what we're looking at with Brown with, with McLaurin where we have sort of a, a mid-career veteran bounce back guy in Ryan Tannehill we have an unproven player in Dwayne Haskins you contrast that with Russell Wilson and you think about the efficiency levels that the leading wide receivers have consistently had with Russell Wilson throughout the years and the upside the ceiling here for Metcalf seems to be just absolutely through the roof and one of the things that Sam mentions in his article which I think is interesting and certainly something that has been discussed a lot is the Seahawks and their pace if they might actually play their offense a little bit differently this year be one of those teams that tries to take advantage of their star quarterback as opposed to limit him we pull up that NFL pace tool and we see that the Seahawks near the bottom 
in no huddle percentage, near the bottom in seconds to snap, near the bottom in run pass percentage. And as a result, they ended up averaging 33 pass plays per 60 minutes, again, toward the bottom, and really paling in comparison to a team like the Atlanta Falcons that averaged 44. You look at those gaps and you think to yourself, well, what if the Seahawks do decide to give their franchise quarterback a chance to control this season? We know, obviously, that Penny is probably not going to start the season uh, ready to go. Chris Carson is expected to be healthy, but may not be quite the same guy. They've added Carlos Hyde. So they have depth at running back, but they don't have stars at running back. You do have a star at quarterback. Now that you have Metcalf to go with Tyler Lockett, you're starting to get a little bit more of an exciting receiving core. And when you look at how well Metcalf performed as a raw rookie who had some questions about the sort of technical aspects of the position you know could he run the routes would he make the plays or is he just a big fast guy and he answered some of those questions and at least within the context of this particular offense the Seahawks offense that I think is unlike what a lot of other NFL teams do a lot of outside the pocket a lot of Russell Wilson extending the play then hitting guys far downfield once they've gotten open again we see that extreme efficiency Maybe Metcalf doesn't have to be the guy with the Seahawks that he would have to be with a lot of other teams. And as a result, he can be a true superstar in terms of what Russell Wilson needs. Yeah. And I just, you mentioned there when you're rhyming off, you know, at the bottom of each category, I just wish the, the, the kind of the handcuffs would come off for Russell Wilson. We could see them just like, you know, say like let's see what we can do here on offense and really uh you know push the pedal to see what the seahawks could be because i think they have the pieces to to be a dynamic passing game um and they just tend to to try and take take the air out of it as much as possible and without russell wilson's extreme efficiency i think we would uh, see a team who's probably really bad um and you know it's kind of russell wilson then saves the day time and time again um we have a situation here where Wilson obviously is uh, the stable quarterback for the Seahawks but we have AJ Brown now with Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback and we have uh, Dwayne Haskins and then with Terry McLaurin Uh, the the splits you know and situations uh, like we have with Brown are much better uh, when as I mentioned earlier Tannehill was in the offense we look at McLaurin then his splits are actually better with Case Keenum last season where he had um six games with case keenum eight games with uh haskins and um you know th- they work better with case keenum how much of a concern i know i know you know i've i've hyped up mclaren a lot of times but how much of a concern is that that the, the the leap can be made i know we've talked about quarterbacks making that leap in the second year and i think there is potential there for haskins to do it but what's your concern of that particular situation um that haskins could be the the cause of the downfall for somebody like mclaren I think it's just opening us up to a wider range of potential outcomes here. And I think that's the case as well with A.J. Brown. Now, he had this monster rookie season in terms of efficiency. When you look at Tannehill, we're not legitimately expecting Tannehill to play like that again. They're going to need to have a little bit more volume. They're probably going to need to bring Corey Davis in and let him... uh, do a little bit too to make this this offense really work if they want to take the next step and this is one of the things that we're seeing with the 49ers right now where the 49ers are not resting on their laurels they're not saying you know we made 
the Super Bowl. We were ahead near the end of the Super Bowl. Let's double down on our defense and running the ball mentality. No, they're saying that we want to be able to attack teams in every way possible. We want to give our quarterback the weapons that he needs. We want to make teams defend as many different elements of our game, and we want to blow people out. Because especially if you're going to have a difficult route to uh, earning a buy, you don't want to play in those close games. You want to make sure you take luck out of the equation. I think the Titans need to do this as well, and I think that they will do it to an extent. But really, the ex- <laughs> what that extent is is going to make a big difference here for Brown. We've talked a lot about how rookie efficiency is a very strong indicator of where a wide receiver is going to end up. I don't think there are questions about Brown in terms of how good he is at this point. Sam mentions that he led all receivers with 8.9 uh, yards after catch per reception. We can be confident that he's going to be dynamic after the catch, whether he can manage the uh, extreme number of breakaway runs that he did last year. I mean, that's difficult for anyone. You look at even a player like Chris Johnson uh, back during his peak you know, with the four two five speed and someone who, yeah, there are going to be breakaway plays, but we don't want the entire basis of our analysis or our bet in terms of owning a guy at a very high ADP to rely on that. We want it to become a more well-rounded offense, a more well-rounded profile for him. One of the things here that I think very exciting, you pull up the road of his screener, you look at some of the similar players. You know, we've talked a lot about Andre Johnson, but some guys who really jump out in terms of rookie year numbers. Uh, no one is Calvin Johnson, but when Megatron is in your list of comps, that's something to be very excited about. DeAndre Hopkins, another guy that shows up there. So we're looking at him as potentially a first round pick in 2021. But it's going to rely on the offense. That offense is going to have to emerge. And I think that's why at his ADP, he's probably riskier than Metcalf is at his and then McLaurin is at his. You mentioned how Washington's offense is likely to take a little bit of a step forward, or if not the offense, at least the quarterback. That second year breakout for these first rounders, I think something we definitely want to be aware of. It wouldn't make a lot of sense to say, okay, he's going to be just what he was as a rookie, and that'll be the thing that holds McLaurin back. I think the the bigger picture issue is simply that Washington is in a rebuilding phase. They're in a little bit of a transitional period with the team, with the coaching staff. I would feel a lot more comfortable with him as a superstar in 2021, but at his cost in redraft leagues, certainly I think he's a strong pick there as well. Before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our buddies over at Bet Online. There's no shortage of action to get going and betting over with our exclusive betting partner. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can bet on simulated NFL, NBA, UFC, all available 24 7. You can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament. You can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you you can find the exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright and Craig Hodges to discuss Michael Jordan's documentary on what they're calling the final dance and if you did enjoy the last dance as much as I did that interview is one that you must head over and check out. Visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. 
So, Sean, you mentioned at the start of the show, uh, Monty Fan, one of the best players, uh, you know, the one one of the best people as well at picking uh, information up from. We're lucky enough to get some information from him in the the road of his slack from time to time, uh, and and get that little bit of an edge, get that bit of an insight. But yeah, he's discussing on the website FFPC strategy sessions, attacking high stakes dynasty startups. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about part one here. There's also part two already up on the site. So I would urge you once we go through this to head on over jump aboard and uh, read part two as well because it's uh, just information that you really want to to get involved in, and read through um in terms of uh monty sean i know you've mentioned at the start of the show but in terms of him as a high stakes player um definitely up there at that at that top table he definitely is and and uh, he'll tell you and i think one of the things about what he does that's so impressive is that he's able to take the information that is out there sort of in the community in this fantasy space and really distill it down to the key elements, pick out the things that will help him. And he's just absolutely fantastic at building lineups, building rosters, and knowing what's important, grabbing that for himself, understanding the tactics and the strategies that he's going to need to play different types of formats. One of the cool things here is that he talks about playing Dynasty, uh, both the classic version the best ball version, the super flex version, and breaks down what you want to do in those different formats and how the FFPC teams are going to be a little bit different depending on what you're looking at. He starts here with the quarterback position and really breaks down the difference between a single quarterback league and a super flex league. And obviously we know that these leagues are going to play very, very differently, but I think his insight here in super flex specifically as it relates to FFPC, is very interesting. So one of the things that I thought was especially interesting here, he talks a lot about how expensive running backs are, but then looking at super flex leagues, just how expensive quarterbacks are as well. Now, we all know that the difference between a classic league where you can more or less ignore quarterback, which is what Monty recommends in that, versus super flex is very, very different. But I think some owners would be surprised to discover that Monty thinks quarterbacks are even more expensive, even more difficult to acquire after the startup than running backs are. Colin, what does that do to your strategy? We've talked about in the best ball format how you want to get three of the guys in the first five rounds. Monty is now saying that if you don't get the guys you want, in a dynasty startup it's going to be very very difficult to trade for those qbs how does that influence your quarterback versus running back selection early in ffpc leagues yeah and i think this um is something that's always interesting a part of the strategy when you're particularly in a startup um and the same sometimes when it comes to you know when you're in super flex for a rookie draft but mainly in a startup is when you're drafting those players at an equivalent value but you think about their post draft value um so yeah look at a quarterback uh, if you go straight after a, a draft and you say i'll give you this quarterback for this running back the vast majority of the time in superflex formats that the people are going to want to get that quarterback rather than that running back and again like we've talked about the value of running backs then uh whether it's just shortly after that draft or whether it's a year down the line the the quarterback's value is likely to maintain for a much much longer time when it comes to superflex than uh that running back so i always think that when you're in that and a bit like monte would be looking at here if you can 
get that quarterback rather than the running back you're you're always likely to be able to move them uh much much easier to acquire what you want post draft uh, in terms of the the first seven rounds of the startups that he was talking about uh nearly as many quarterbacks 23 in total were taken as running backs 27 and then wide receivers 27 so when you are dealing in that situation once it gets into super flex particularly in the ffpc uh, you're really starting to see the value of those quarterbacks really pushed up and it's almost matching it perfectly for the draft slots of the running backs and those wide receivers kind of number for number but i would be i would be off the mindset similar to monty of getting uh, that quarterback if you can um and then later on if you do need to adjust if you end up with uh you know a quarterback extra that you, you're you're just going for the value that you could move for one of those pieces uh, at the running back position after that draft well let me put you on the spot here let's get this uh even more kind of exciting make some picks for our listeners i'm going to give you running backs and quarterbacks who are right now you pull up the ffpc dashboard you click on adp draft grid so you can see it very visually tell me who you would take here very rapid fire just the name uh quarterbacks and running backs who are right next to each other in ffpc adp lamar jackson or dalvin cook lamar jackson josh jacobs or russell wilson russell wilson i think there's gonna be a trend here (laughs) deshaun watson or Kenyon drake uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, this is maybe a little bit more of an, a, an interesting one. Drew Brees versus Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, that's a little bit more interesting, specifically based on the age. Uh, I would be going for for Taylor in that one. Daniel Jones, Le'Veon Bell. I would go Daniel Jones. Melvin Gordon, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. David Johnson, Joe Burrow. I think I would go with Burrow on that one. Okay, maybe here's one that will we'll push you in the other direction. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> versus Devin Singletary. Yeah, I would, I would go Singletary on the, the last one. Um, based uh, based kind of just on the situation with Bridgewater. Um, if, you, if you had Bridgewater up to this point, I think it's probably a good time to cash out, um, you know, based on what you would have had to. I, I know if you're doing it in a startup, it might be a little bit different, but if you had Bridgewater on your roster, even from his time at the Vikings, you're getting back to that kind of you know getting a, a substantial value for him now uh, i would be making that move there uh, i'm just going to throw it back to you sean it's interesting that i would lean heavily uh, on all of those pretty much towards the the quarterback outside of the two that i went running back uh, the jonathan taylor one was by far the the most interesting one that and that was the one that i would have went running back for for 100 certain if i had that situation was there any of the other ones that would uh intrigued you to to go the other way it's just when, when i was talking before I think if you have the draft finished and you offer every single one of those trades, I think uh, me anyway, I, I would be looking to get the quarterback side off it after the draft. Uh, I completely agree. And I think it's interesting, certainly um, Monty all over this, but if you look at those early rounds, the quarterbacks are the guys you're wanting. And then we end up having some picks. I think that are, are more difficult as we move along again people who are almost right next to each other you have cam Akers versus gardner Minshew. i like Minshew, but you might go Akers there you have sam darnold deandre swift i like darnold but i think he might go swift there and certainly i think the choices are a lot closer as we get into that range whereas 
earlier on, those are pretty straightforward picks for the QBs and all of the situations, except I think for Taylor and Singletary, which again gives a little bit of an insight into maybe how you want to build your teams early on in those FFPC dynasty leagues. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. And as I mentioned as well, um, there is much more in it than that we've discussed there. But also part two is up there and there'll be a lot more coming up. So part two has the wide receiver and the tight end positions uh, looking at how to dominate in those rookie drafts at the FFPC. You can check that out on the website. And of course, you can get yourself a 10% discount as a loyal podcast listener by applying the code RotoViz. Did it again. By applying the code 2020 RV Radio at checkout or going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for further information. And that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. As always, please do give us a written and a review on your favorite podcast app. Helps us out here at the podcast, uh, helps push us up those rankings and gain us more listeners and uh, make, makes everything uh, continue to grow here on the Rotoviz network. Uh, my name, as always, is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined as well by Sean Siegel, one of the co owners at Rotoviz. Um, who has weekly, uh, Sean, weekly, how many articles usually do you uh, post up on the site? Well, we always try and, and go for two or three, but uh, keeping <laughs> keeping the the quality is just as important. But but yes, uh like to do a lot of work on there. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, putting the pressure on now. Three new pieces <laughs> from Sean this week. Uh, check them out over on the site. But now, Sean's work always uh, phenomenal. So do check that out as well on rotaviz.com. And until we're back next week with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>